0: welcome back this is part two of the Santon times podcast episode 27 week 40. we're still on location at the maslow hotel in Santon, which reopens again this week as we move forward with level one lockdown in south africa we're podcasting on the road and i'm going to quickly just reposition the microphone for our next guest on this week's podcast so one of the beauties of being back in Santon is the fact that we can start picking up on some Santon stories again and one of those is uh, the launch or the imminent launch of the Valencia Institute, and I'm uh, sitting with Rob Paddock, Chief Executive Officer. Uh, Rob, good to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, really appreciate it. Well, Rob, tell us a little bit more about this educational undertaking. Uh, I mean, we've all become very familiar with online schooling or high school online digital classrooms uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic but uh, this wasn't a COVID-19 pandemic plan this is something that's been
1: in the pipeline for much longer that's exactly right so we actually launched the valencia institute which is a global private online high school in september of 2019 Um, we launched it as a a global private online high school and we're very fortunate to, to get students from south africa australia singapore hong kong many countries around the world um, and then of course, in March 2020, the COVID pandemic hit and the whole world was interested in talking about online education. And I think for us, one of the benefits of um, of our formation, both pre-COVID and with the experience of the team behind it is that this is in fact a purpose-built online high school. Whereas I think, unfortunately, what a lot of people have experienced in terms of their education or um, their, their online education um, has been a kind of react- reaction to the pandemic. Um, with individuals who, and with full respect to the, the institutions that have tried the very difficult task of figuring out online education for the first time, um, it's 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 a very big lift, and it's a different set of skills that are required. So we we have a purpose-built uh, online online uh, entirely online high school. Well, we're. Uh
0: seeing you launching uh, one of these campuses in Dunkeld right now. So there's a physical element to it as well. So it's not just uh, kids sitting in front of a laptop the whole day. There is also
1: a place that they can go to. What was the reasoning behind that? It? Yeah, it's been really interesting. So we launched as an as a online-only high school. Um, and what we ended up finding was that increasing numbers of parents and students were saying, we love the curriculum, we love the, the high-touch, socially rich learning experience, and so on. But isn't there somewhere where we can at least drop our kids off during the day? And so this got us thinking there is an immense opportunity to think differently about what's looks and feels like where students can actually come into a space and as you've seen today which looks a lot more like a co-working space students are completing all of their academic studies online but they've got the support of what we call a mentor on site these mentors are come from an education psychology or or a counseling background and they're there to provide that critical pastoral care create a whole set of additional extracurricular and enrichment activities for these learners so they're really getting the best of tapping into a global network of teachers of peers ar- around the world for their academics but they are being uh, having the opportunity to socialize in person on campus in, in, a, in an area like Dunkel now it's quite a shift I think
0: for a lot of parents to have to now start thinking about a purely mm. digital school right I mean we're in in such an established environment in South Africa where we're used to the school uniforms and we're used to the blazers and we're used to the the um, the, the, the the little badges and we're used mm. to the assemblies and uh, all these things where Uh, you know there's heritage you know dad went to this school and granddad went to that school and you know I'm also a blah 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 you know how do you how do you now come into that market uh, with something completely different are you finding its parents that are really thinking differently that are approaching
1: this or are you also finding those traditional parents who said look you know what it's actually all very outdated I think that one thing one thing I'm very thoughtful on is that is that the traditional as you as you spoke of the kind of Um, historic kind of um, education model it works for a lot of people and for for that we say good on you brilliant if it's working for you you should continue Uh, but what we find is that typically even in those traditional more traditional schools there's typically about 30% of those students for whom the model just doesn't necessarily fit they don't necessarily want to going to fit the mold and so on and they look very purposely looking for something different and really it's those kids and those parents that we find are coming to us looking for an alternative, looking for an alternative which truly celebrates them as an individual and gives them a fundamentally more flexible modality of, of studying. There's also maybe this gut reaction or feel that the moment something is sort of digital, or
0: it's online, it must be more cost effective. Or I'm getting a uh, sort of a better deal than uh, sending my kids to a place where they're also having to pay for a soccer field and a cricket field and there's a building to be paid for. But that's not the case, though. It's not a, uh, for for lack of a better word,
1: a cheaper product. It's... Mm. uh, it's an equally if not better product it's just that it's being served up in a different way isn't it It, it's exactly right so all the all the component parts that constitute a a a physical educational experience what we've sought to do is to effectively disaggregate those um, into their component parts and really put experts in every single every single field and and radically enrich the learning experience so whilst the price point might be similar to that of a brick and mortar, mortar experience what you're getting in terms of your educational experience at least by our estimation certainly outstrips what you could Uh, conventionally expect from a a traditional school.
0: And it's not just a South African-based school. You've got learners logging in from all over
1: the world. Take us a little bit more through that as well. Mm, So that that I believe that the world of work that all of this young generation are entering is is truly global. And at least as far as I'm concerned, the sooner we can start to get students engaging and collaborating with peers from other cultures in digital modalities, the better they're going to be suited for this future world of work. So we really create a a huge amount of opportunities for these learners to have shared projects with students from other parts of the world where they seek to understand each other's cultures, the nuances of their their respective countries and and specifically as it relates to the SDGs, the challenges that they're experiencing and how we can start to put our heads together to to solve, solve what are increasingly global challenges. This is just uh, sort of the the educational side of all
0: of it. Uh, this has also been a very interesting business uh, for you. You've come from the education business previously, and uh, you've also managed to secure some fantastic funding for this idea. Uh, take us a little bit more through that as well. I'm, I'm quite fascinated by uh, you know this, I guess global interest in, yeah. in moving into this kind of space. Yeah. I,
1: I think that, and this has been somewhat of an obs- obsession for me. But anything that we're uh, when we think about education, we need to be thinking about scaling quality. And for me, one of the big opportunities that we have in Africa is to think about scale. Um, And I guess another point that I would make is that as South Africans, I think that we radically underestimate our own capabilities on a global stage. I've had the immense privilege of of working to build a company, get smarter, to be a, a globally recognized business that was bought by a NASDAQ listed company in 2017. Um, and that's all been done off a South African team. And we truly, it's, it's amazing to see how we, how we how we fare and how we actually win on a global stage. And so for me, the, the enthusiasm, the excitement that we had off the back of it Get Smarter, we're carrying straight on into, into the Valencia Institute. So we are keeping our staff here. We are able to recruit the most incredible personnel. Um, who are delivering world-class services to students, like you said, from all around the world. And this certainly has captured the interest of um, of venture capitalists and educators in other parts of the world. Um, So we were actually very lucky that the, the, the interest largely came our way. Um, so yes, we have accepted a round of funding, um, and this is largely to fuel our, ca- our current growth trajectory. I think in response to the, the, the COVID nineteen pandemic, we've just seen that there is so much more interest than we could have ever ever foreseen. And in order, in order to fuel that interest, we, we've taken a, a, an injection of capital.
0: One of the things that you mentioned during your speech at uh, you know the launch of the Dunkeld campus was that some of the concerns that some parents had was the fact that there wasn't any sports involved, or that sports is a big part of the high school experience. Uh, And you rightfully mentioned that, you know, you can't be all things to all people. It's a very specific type of person that will say, look, you know what? Whatever sports, no sports, we're, we're in because we think this is the way to go. Uh, do, do you think that you might see yourself uh, setting up an e-sport team uh, <laughs> as, as, as the future? I mean, that's so, kind of where things are going. I mean, isn't so it?
1: funnily enough, we actually do have uh, virtual fitness clubs, and we've got students who are on Strava and who are competing in kind of virtual marathons and virtual, um, virtual cycling activities and so on. So not full marathons, um, but but virtual runs and virtual cycling, um, and we certainly are exploring that as I would say a kind of um, extracurricular, but not as a core element to our value proposition. So
0: you're not sending a Fortnite
1: team to no. Korea anytime <laughs> no, soon to compete yet. in some global uh, global showdown. No, Not yet, no. All right. Well,
0: Rob uh, Paddock, Chief Executive Officer of Valencia Institute. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Thanks and so much for uh, we look me. forward to hearing a little bit more about your launch in uh, January 2021.
1: Fantastic. Really appreciate the time.
0: So we're enjoying the relaunch of the Maslow Hotel in Santon. Uh, they've put on a fantastic spread here, fantastic dinner. So I've quickly grabbed uh, Hector Nyayiza, executive chef of the Maslow Hotel. Uh, Hector, thanks for joining us on the Santon Times podcast. You must have a very interesting time right now. I mean, you are restarting the kitchen from uh, a
2: six-month sleep. Yes, so we've gone on a concept of saying we're starting a brand new kitchen because we've been so away for so long. I've had to check some of my guys if they can still cook, but I was (laughs) very impressed with what they put out tonight. So, yeah, man, um, we've just had to come in, discard everything that was in the fridges, and start afresh and basically start the business as a brand new business that's going to be operating from the 1st of October.
0: Well, we were chatting to Herman earlier on and we briefly chatted on a couple of food things, nothing into your sector too much, yes. but he was mentioning, you know, uh, dealing with suppliers where the flour has gone off and uh, you're having to now deal with old stock and establish what's new and what's fresh and what isn't I mean that must be quite a challenging uh, thing to have to go through not only worry about your kitchen but worry about if your suppliers are still around and if their produce is still good
2: since you touched on suppliers, yes you know during lockdown closer to the opening I've had to go back and speak to some of my suppliers unfortunately some of them did not reopen because of just the financial burden they've been through uh, during lockdown. And then obviously us coming back here as well, just to find that flowers and stuff have gone off that we have to discard. But we have to take uh, that into consideration and make sure that all our guests are safe, yes.
0: Yeah, so in terms of your food offering, I mean, you literally evacuated the kitchen in March 2020, you're now back. Is everything going to stay the same in terms of the offering have you had to cut some things out Uh, what can we expect
2: so basically the offering has changed a bit in terms of we've cut down the menu uh, just because uh, we don't have much business or that's gonna be coming through to the node in sensing. So as, as business grows, we'll start introducing more variety on the menu because basically the plan for this year was to launch a new menu already by now. So unfortunately COVID happened. So we've had to put that on hold for now. So it's it's, it's on the plans for, for early next year to launch our new menu. But currently we've just downsized the menu uh, but kept the old stuff that we had on the menu. We've just had to downsize the menu a bit for the next three months that are coming up.
0: So let's let's go through some of the the main attractions that we do find at uh, various hotels. Uh, Buffets and canapes, I mean that must be the highest risk things that people are worried about, how have you adjusted that?
2: So basically uh, we we serve uh, breakfast buffet at the Maslow and in in conferencing. So what we've done now is that we've converted into an a la carte breakfast where all our meals will be served a la carte and then anything that goes on the buffet will be pre-packaged so that not everyone is touching it, you just grab a juice or a milk and you you go sit down. Same as in banqueting with canapes and stuff like that, they cannot be pre-packed so that people don't grab and we will have waitrons serving the case which we we used to call in the older days what was called silver service where they'll come up to you and serve you your meals so you're not going up to the buffet and touching the food basically.
0: And uh, high tea? I mean, that used to be quite a popular thing on weekends. Is that still
2: uh, still happening? The high tea will still happen on the second week of October. So we've also had to change the high tea a bit uh, for COVID regulations. So we won't be putting out a buffet, we're going to be just plating it on platters that we're going to be putting on, uh, on the tables for the customers to enjoy.
0: Well, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, you're part of a bigger group. Uh, do, do you find that you pick up the phone to uh, the chef at the Table Bay or at uh, the Sun City Casino and say, listen, uh, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. What are you guys doing? Are you sharing notes?
2: Yes, we do. Actually, speaking about that, just the other day, I spoke to Chef Peter from Sun City because he had these screens that he had for his buffet. So I gave him a call. I said, Chef, where did you get that? He gave me the supply. He got it to And mine's, my screens arrived today as well. So what basically the screen does is that if we do have Happen to have a buffet the screen will be put in front of the chafing dish and then the chef will be on the other side and the chef will dish up for the clients that's on the other side so yeah we we're very fortunate to be in a bigger group where we can share ideas and call each other just to share some ideas what the other chefs are doing is
0: well hector it's both a challenging time in terms of having to now deal with all these new things but i suppose there's also a bit of excitement in terms of the new opportunities that a lot of this brings. Is there anything specific that you've been looking forward to trying out, maybe looking at bringing some new things onto the menu that maybe this opportunity now allows?
2: Yeah, I mean, I must say, you know, when, when COVID started, I remember my GM saying that no one knows about this COVID, so we're all writing the test book as we, go, as we go along. So we've had to change a lot in terms of the of the industry to make sure that people are safe. And I found that uh, customer service is going to be very important uh, during this time to make sure that we look after our customers, we come up with new initiative things to do so i'm looking forward to doing private dinners upstairs in the bigger rooms upstairs where family will come and we're planning just to do private dinners for them or we're doing picnics on the loans uh, over the weekend where you can come through pick up a basket and sit on the lawn uh, also in banqueting we can be doing that as well for banqueting conferencing where uh, a conference can just have baskets where we give them baskets and they can go sit around the hotel and enjoy the, their lunch before they go back into their conferencing.
0: Well, I think uh, you've got uh, one hell of a challenge ahead of you. One last question I always like to ask the chef, uh, especially when I go somewhere where I know the food is going to be good. Give me your signature dish on the menu or something that you recommend that we should try on the menu while we're here.
2: So once we open, man, I can say the oxtail is very good, even though we're going into summer but the oxtail is always good. The baby chicken that we have on the menu is also good. We also have sushi uh, on the menu, freshly prepared, by the sushi chef that we have here on-site that's gonna be preparing the sushi as soon as we open on the 1st of October. Well, I look forward to
0: trying that. Uh, Hector Nyayiza, executive chef at the Maslow Hotel. Thank you so much for joining us on the Santon Times
2: Podcast. Thank you very much, man.
0: All right, let's jump straight into our events guide uh, for this uh, coming week. Uh, kicking off with Katie's Palace Bar, DJ Louis Almeida on the decks again this Friday with free entry from 4pm. Uh, then Billy the Bums in four ways is having a summer countdown kicking off on Friday from 7.30pm to 11.30pm with Craig White and Don V. Saturday also from 7.30pm to 11.30pm with Martini and Kimmy K. Tigers Mork Cedar Square is hosting a weekend shakedown with Timo ODV on Saturday. 50 Rand deposit per person secures your table and booking is essential. The Altitude Beach Club uh, four ways open this weekend from Thursday to Sunday 12 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. with an array of DJs including Euphonic and more. Bookings are limited and no under 23s. And finally the Grand Ravonia, trading from Monday to Sunday again from 12 noon to midnight. Entrance fee includes food and is 750 Rand. And that's your weekend events guide on the Santon Times Podcast. Right, as we come to the end of another fantastic uh, edition of the Santon Times podcast, don't forget you can, can connect with us on uh, our email address, editor at santontimes.co.ca. You can also connect with us on Telegram and social media at Santon Times. So if you want to send us a tweet or a post or you want to send us a voice note, you can do that on Telegram or on social media. Then you can visit the blog on today, And don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and soundcloud or youtube it's been absolutely fantastic having you join us thank you to my guests uh, for today it's the last quarter of 2020 as we move forward under level one let's connect again next week as we continue our travels in and around south africa we've got some incredible destinations still lined up and we hope you join us for the tour thanks for listening and let's chat again next week